welcome back to the NES Experience. Thanks for tuning in to our 21st episode. Uh, this episode is coming out a little late, so we apologize for that. But yesterday, Ned had the chance to go to an Insonia football game, get to see one of his, his athletes perform. And you want to tell us a little bit about that, Ned, how that game go? Game went well. Uh, Ansonia went against Holy Cross, and uh, people were saying it's the best Ansonia game in years. So it was pretty cool to be able to get out there and uh, support one of my athletes who absolutely killed it. Uh, they won thirty-one twenty-eight. He had the he had a game on him: two hundred yards, three touchdowns, uh, for a uh, strip sack that set up another touchdown. Um, but the kid's been working his ass off. There's a good article in the New Haven Register a couple days ago. He was he gave me a shout out, uh, which was awesome. But yeah, he it was a kid that um, went through, decided he didn't want to play baseball. Tough decision, and uh, he he caught a lot of shit for quitting baseball to basically train in the off season uh, to prepare for camp. And his camp season went great. He ran a four seven three. Uh, dropped his 42 tenths of a second. He gained 12 to 15 pounds. Um, vert went up four or five inches and he was able to show out at camp season, uh, which puts him in a good position. Now he needs film this year and uh, he's killing it this year. Thousand over a thousand yards in six games. He's basically all stayed on both sides of the ball. Uh, so NES is looking at Gatorade player of the year. It'll be tough. It's, you know, I mean, just to be, he'll be at the banquet. I'll put it that way. Being at the banquet is a pretty big deal. I know Gatorade player of the year, I feel like they usually give them to, to quarterbacks. I know it's, I feel like it's a bit of a quarterback happy award, but this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about how you can get stronger. And to kind of start that, we're going to be talking about how you can build the foundation to get yourself stronger. Uh, when athletes and adults, when they get into a routine, a strength training program, uh, mostly because probably lack of knowledge or credible material, there's stuff all over the internet. Uh, some of it's good, but you have to be able to pick through the good from the bad. But uh, building the foundation when our athletes come in or when you first start going is critical. So we call it an acclimation phase. Uh, it ranges in one to four weeks. What we're not trying to do is lift a whole bunch of weight, one rep max. Uh, you know, we're, the focus is completely different. So we're looking at improving flexibility and mobility after we assess them. Um, we're trying to get the core stronger. Um, and we're working on the structural foundation, glutes, hamstrings, um, and then depending on the sport, addressing common sports needs, lack of, uh, lack of ankle mobility in basketball players is big. Obviously, shoulder stability and in, in rotational work with our baseball players. Um, teaching them, you know, how to do the exercise the right way. As ridiculous as that sounds, most people do things incorrectly. Um, and we're basically preparing them for an intensification phase or a hypertrophy phase. And it's just putting in, you know, the appropriate amount of volume. You don't have to do too much in the beginning. 
uh, that actually deters people because people go from doing nothing. Maybe you haven't exercised for a while. You go in there, you do too much. You can't walk for, you know, six days. And then it's like, ooh, don't know if I want to do that. Take advantage of the fact that you need to do very little to get a response from training, which means for me, I've been in and out as far as the game of life. But when I, if I, for some reason, don't lift for two to three weeks, like we're getting our, I probably brought up the the ridiculous uh, kitchen situation last episode. It's ongoing. Don't worry. We're going to hear about the kitchen until December. Uh, It will never get done. A lot of microwave dinners and uh, a lot of eating out of bags, which my children love. Anyways, not to get off on that side rant, but, you know, when I now, if you've taken whatever weeks, months off, the minimal amount you do, you're going to get a response to three sets of pushes, three sets of pulls, upper and lower body. You can do 25 minute workouts and it's the equivalent of, you know, an hour and 15 minutes. So there's actually a benefit of being a slack ass because when you do get into it, if back into it, you don't have to kill yourself. You work out three days a week for 20 to 30 minutes. You're going to get a response. You're going to get that. It feels great to be sore again, feeling without the excess of, you know, added time and added work. So as you do more strength training, your body adapts to that load. And then, you know, you, you, what you do is you find yourself as you've been training for a while, it's really hard to get sore and you have to do a shit ton of volume. So in that first foundational build, start, you know, low volume, super easy and soak up the fact that your 20 minute workout can make you feel like you worked out for, you know, an hour and a half. Yeah. I know when I was trying to, well, for me, it was losing weight and getting in shape. Cause I would always get, you know, just kind of a little pudgy, but when I would get back into it, it was always super easy. The weight would come off and I would feel sore after, you know, the first couple of weeks of working out. And then it was always the last few pounds or the last couple of weeks of, of trying to push it to get stronger that were always the toughest to, you know, get a response or get the numbers lower. You know, there's just less like fat to trim, I guess. But that that middle period of where you're just kind of, you know, if you're trying to get stronger, increasing size. Can you talk about uh, how you do that? Um, so part of getting stronger is getting bigger. So most of our athletes that come through, they spend some period of time in a hypertrophy phase or increase in size. Um, I believe we've talked about this on another podcast about how to get bigger, but this is also, believe it or not, they're linked together. And part of getting stronger is getting bigger. So whether you're trying to gain weight or lose weight, uh, by losing weight, lose fat, uh, you generally want to go through that hypertrophy phase. Uh, there's a reason why I'm stronger than my daughter. And part of the reason why is my muscles are bigger. So you can't take that a hundred percent because, you know, some bodybuilders, if you train slow all the time, if you do too much hypertrophy work and you never lift heavy, there's kind of a cap on how strong you can be. But, uh, in general for all of our off season, you know, weight gain and get lean guys, they're actually going through this in our program right now. Um, the slow, you know, lightweight, 
you want to be rep ranges wow. of, of course, the dog's barking. Ridiculous. Um, you want to be in rep ranges of 10, tire volume, four, six, eight sets. And uh, you want to be moving the bar slow. So your eccentric load or your controlling of the movement, you know, two, three, four seconds. And then rest periods are going to be super short. So that's what keeping rest periods short helps release more growth hormone. And growth hormone is important for protein synthesis, a.k.a. getting yoked. So uh, you definitely want to go through, you know, that window. How long? Typically, you know, four to eight weeks. But we're doing power and we're doing strength also kind of in that block. But that, you know, that becomes the the, fr- the primary focus, which is to get bigger, to then go into phase three. Gotcha. And what would phase three be? The topic of the podcast. So strength. So um, now most people eliminate steps one and two and they go right into three. It's like want to get stronger and then they put a whole bunch of weight on the bar. They one rep max or they go super heavy, you know, six sets of three. And, and that's just absolutely the worst thing you can do. So if you look at when we take athletes and adults, when we take them through, they're going through as much as three months of not heavy lifting to prepare themselves to lift heavy. Um, and if you have somebody on, if you're in a hurry and you need to get strong and they're, you know, you're still spending six to eight weeks to prepare to lift heavy. Um, when you start lifting heavy, so, I mean, you have to use linear periodization. So you're going to be at a moderate intensity now. So that would be four sets of five, five sets of five. Um, you're in that five range. When you start to get to fives, that's when you start to really, you know, address strength. You actually, if you've never lifted heavy um, and you're a teen, you're going to get a sized response from lifting heavy also. So the great news about being a 16-year-old boy is, um, you can spend time in every phase that you're in, you're going to get a response. Um, so then it gradually every two to three weeks to try and keep it as simple as possible. Then you'll be doing sets of four, six sets of four. Um, make, you got to make sure that you back off on your training. So every three to four weeks, we do a download or an unload where we drop the, the total volume in half. Um, and if it's a download, we keep the intensity high and then, you continue to go heavier and heavier and heavier to the point where you can do, you know, six sets of three, eight sets of two, uh, depending on the athlete, we do do one rep max that, and all of this is supposed to happen one to two months before your season starts. So if you have a six, if you're smart and have a six month off season program to prepare for a sport or a wedding, or I don't know, something important, it all depends on the length of time that you have, but I mean, you're not worried about being strong at a wedding. You're going to spend more time in your hypertrophy, high volume, uh, fat burning type exercises. So, well, I guess we'll keep it specific, you know, to sports, but, um, you'll eventually get to the point where you get heavy. That doesn't mean that you back squat heavy three times a week or four times a week, max loading. So when we go over what people are doing wrong, I'm going to go more into, you know, that type of stuff. But, um, after you would want to try and do one day a week heavy and then one day variable resistance. So the speed, the chains and the bands, getting the bar to move faster, 
you want to have a dynamic day where it's submax, where it's a speed focus, and then you would want to have one day where it's a strength focus. But when we're one rep maxing, we one rep max every 10 to 14 days. Um, that's when we're picking our spots. Like, so within a whole month, we're maybe, you know, there's a week and a half period where the two week period where we're going heavy, everything around it is controlling the body, preventing overtraining, um, and preparing the body to lift heavy. So you're going to lift, Hey, lift, lift less heavy, get stronger, faster. I probably said that wrong. <laughs> derp, 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 strength phase, dynamic and heavy, not heavy all the time. That's how you get stronger. Are there any things that people do wrong, things that you want to avoid doing? Thank you for that setup, Tay. Uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things people do wrong. And I feel like me saying all these things, if you're listening to this, they'll be like, oh, that guy's an asshole. Why is he got to be talking shit about me? But obviously I'm doing this to help. But so first things, whole bunch, they lift heavy too much. There you go. So your bot, when you lift maximal loads, it puts a lot of wear and tear on your body. And the more wear and tear you put on your body, the more time it takes to recover from that. And it's a big thing that, you know, college strength and conditioning and, you know, sports, actual sports coaches have a hard time understanding is that you, you need the things that these guys are doing on the field and in the weight room, you know, or, or taxing as hell. And the beat up the body every day, that just speeds up the process of getting overtrained. And when you're in an overtrained state, your force, aka your strength decreases. So by going at it all the time heavy, all you're doing is burning yourself out, plateauing, your body shuts down, and your numbers go down. To me, that sounds pretty simple. But for them, it's, it's, it's no, it's just lift a whole bunch all the time. And then to have your athletes talk shit about you on why, why are they being killed and their numbers aren't where they need to be, but they don't feel comfortable enough to tell you. So, uh, that's number one, uh, lifting too often. So if you taught, and this is more college strength and conditioning, there's this belief that if you're an athlete, you need to lift four days a week. Um, and you don't. So I've been, I've done everything. I've had guys left five days a week, four days a week, three, two, and one. Um, and what I found is when you get to four and five, especially I used to lift four days a week and I would have guys go heavy twice in a week and it was wrong. Um, I mean, it worked, but I couldn't, I, I had way more overtraining and I incurred problems with that, with it happening. Um, so it's not that it, 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 that it didn't work is that there were more problems with it by doing it all the time. When I switched to three days a week, it seemed like guys were fresher more and strengthening increases by having more time in between lifts. So for us, if you're pushing lower body pushing, we're doing that once every four to five days. And that gives a really good amount of recovery time for these guys to be able to come in and address that muscle group again. And so it's just, if we're spending less time over trained, we're spending more time getting stronger. So you don't have to lift all the time. And if you're an adult, three days a week, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Um, the reason why 
length of workouts are so long for a lot of people is they have their rest periods are too long. If you're trying to increase muscle size, you can't do a set and then talk to somebody for five minutes. So before you know it, you're at the gym for an hour and a half and it's very inefficient. I mean, with gyms, it's all about get in, get out, do the least amount as possible to get a response and be consistent with what you do. So, um, lifting too often is a big thing. Then, I mean, there's nine of these. I feel like I should give you the ability to interject. Do you have anything to add with lifting too much, lifting too often? I guess not. I mean, not really. I really, the only thing is sometimes you think maybe you have to just keep doing more. You just have to lift because if you do the exercises, that's how you get stronger. But that's just not how it is. I mean, it's, it's exactly what you said. You need time in between for, for your muscles to rest and recover. But yeah, it's also, I don't know why you'd want to be in the weight room five, six times a week. It just doesn't, that doesn't sound fun. It's not sustainable. I mean, for your diehards it is, but since we're talking to people on this podcast that are and are not athletes, no, it's not sustainable. Five days a week, legs one day, arms, uh, back, dedicating. Dude, I ain't wasting an hour on my shoulders. That's that's just ridiculous, man. Multitask. Throw it in with back. Throw it in with biceps. So when we do upper body pulls, we're you know, I'm not my arm. I mean, in, in sport, your arms just aren't important enough to we address arms, but you know, no matter what, you should be able to spend less time on your phone in between sets and talking to your buddies and creeping out all the girls at the gym and spend more time, you know, depending on what you're doing, monitoring your your rest periods and doing things in between those to AKA multitask. So you don't need a whole day for core. You could just do that in between whatever other bullshit you're doing. And you don't need a prehab day where you do all stability work because we're addressing that in the same session also. So um, don't number three, don't lift heavy enough. So um, this is partial to it's anybody who's at the gym who can, who does five pound curls for, you know, 10 reps when they could do like 20s for 10 reps. So that submaximal lifting, uh, especially for women, sometimes women, um, they're afraid to pick up weights. They're going to, man, you don't have hormones. Uh, so you're not going to, you're not, if you do, if you were grab those 20s, your, your arms aren't going to be my size. doesn't work like that. So for the female population, lift heavy, burn more calories, burn more fat, actually get stronger. Uh, and the the little amount of uh, the little amount of lean mass that you do gain, that's a good thing because it helps you burn more fat. And that is that appearance of tone. So if you get your bicep a little bit bigger and you get a little bit of fat off there, then you have like a bicep cut because there's no such thing as toning. Toning doesn't work. Oh, I'm going to do 30 reps for toning. It's called muscular endurance, and it's only a small piece of getting the illusion of being toned, which is getting the muscle bigger and taking the fat off. Side tangent. Um, number four, trying to lift hard when the body says no. Uh, 
we've talked about it in the overtraining podcast, but you have to pick your spots. If you're trying to get stronger and you go in there and you start going, you can write whatever the hell we write programs. I write programs every day. They take me an hour and a half for every single session. And once the athlete gets in there, my master plan ultimately changes uh, depending on their mood state and how their body has, you know, responded and how it feels to the prior workout. So we'll get started and prepare to go heavy, but we have, but you got to be able to pull the plug um, if it's not your day. If you pick your spots and you, because that's your body saying like, I'm not at my best, I'm overtrained, I'm still recovering, I'm, I'm plateaued, whatever the case, that's your body's way of telling you body smart to uh, back off. If you listen to your body and you back off, and then eventually it recovers and it it um it, it becomes ready to lift heavy again, then you're going to get a good response. And you're going to get a PR, um, and that might not come in two weeks. It might have to come in four weeks. But if you keep aggressively attacking, trying to get to the numbers, when your body says no, that's how the staleness and the plateauness occurs, and then you don't see the the strength jumps that you need. Number five, I'm going to speed it up. Uh, don't do the same exercises over and over. Your body learns to adapt to a movement pattern or a specific set of muscles. So if you always do barbell bench, you have to shake it up. So change the exercises, um, usually every three to four weeks, the load, the intensity, um, shaking it up. There's so many people that made billions of dollars shaking it up. Um, and you should be able to think of them who are the pioneers of, of muscle confusion. Um, that's a great, great question. P90X. P90X. I don't, I don't know the name of that guy. Gene Simmons. No, I don't know either, but I'm saying the concept of muscle confusion was the insanity in the P90X where it was like hit type training where every 30 seconds you were doing something different and they had, you know, a really bad nonlinear periodizations where one day you would do this amount of reps and sets and you do this and you would do that and it was crazy and and it was insane and it made billions of dollars. But what it did was it changed it up for people that were doing four sets of 10, you know, for three years and now they're doing crazy shit and then they got a response and then they're like, Oh my God. And a lot of people make a lot of money doing that. So we do that just in a non meat stick, uh, DVD, you know, type of way. A lot of these, like they don't back off on training. A lot of this overlaps. It's just people doing too much and not listening to their body. And then the one that I have recently, um, is, Lifting the same, so you're in a session, it's lifting the same amount of weight four times. In general, what I found, and this is really in the past couple of years, because I've, by doing a, a tiered system that a lot of people, especially that don't work out with professionals do, is they'll go in and they'll do four sets of 225 with back squat. And they pick basically <clears throat> four or four sets of five, four sets of six. By picking the same weight four times, that is hands down one of the biggest things that I see where people plateau and don't get stronger. So you have to look at your percentage of your one rep max, 
and you should always have a ascending flow. So really, if you're instead of doing four um, sets of back squat at 225, you would want to do, you know, 185, 195, 215, 235. And then take that ascending wave and then the next week kind of shift it over. Next week, shift it over. So don't pick the same weight and do it all uh, the same throughout all your sets. There you go. There's a couple of things that, that people are doing wrong. Or maybe no one does it wrong and everyone is awesome and they do it perfectly. That would be nice, but I, I highly doubt that everyone is that awesome. So I think that's probably going to be all that we have for this episode of the NES Experience. It was a quickie, but sometimes a quickie is a goodie. And yeah, we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast if you made it this far or leave a review. We would really appreciate that. And we'll see you in about two weeks.